All right. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to Bible Time with Pastor Brian again. This is, of course, your host, Pastor Brian. I'm so excited that you guys are here with me today and so excited to continue our um, study through the book of, or not really book, but just the verse here in Galatians uh, 5.22, but thankful nonetheless that you have decided to join me here today. And I'm sorry for the, the lateness of this. I had some internet connectivity issues last night with a laptop and my home internet, so um, weren't, I was not able to record it last night, so I'm recording it here and trying to get it posted before lunchtime here today. So the word that we're talking about today here is patience. It's the next one that's mentioned um, right there after peace in Galatians 5.22. And the word that's actually used there for patience is makrothumia. And this means patience, forbearance, long-suffering, and slow to avenge wrongs. It appears in a few other verses of Scripture as well. In Romans 2.4 and 9.22, in 2 Corinthians 6.6, 6, in Ephesians 4.2, and Colossians 3.12, and 1 Timothy 1.16, and 2 Timothy 4.2. These are all talking about patience of Christians toward each other. And then in 1 Peter 3.20 and 2 Peter 3.15, it is talking about the patience of God towards humanity instead. So first chunk, Paul's writings are talking about Christians towards each other. And then Peter's uh, two writings there um, in First and Second Peter are talking about God's patience towards humanity. The actual roots of that word, makrothumia, um, the first one, of course, is makros, which means long. And it talks about time or distance. And that's actually where we get our origin for the word macro, which, you know, macroeconomics, macro um, ecosystems, things like that, really large areas, uh, because we have micro and macro, micro being smaller, macro being bigger. And that's where, that's where we get that from. So this idea of something being long or larger. And then thumos is passionate anger or boiling over, I guess, is the best way we could put it. And we actually talked about that with the deeds of the flesh, that whole outburst of anger thing. Yeah, that's where this whole idea comes from. In the secular Greek text, such as the writings of Homer and others, the same meaning is borne out uh, with people that are... Uh, or born out with people being in control or not of their thumos, which can mean anger or any other strong emotion, according to Oxford's dictionary there. And so if you combine those two origins there, makrothumia, sorry, I really messed that one up. Makrothumia, it means to abstain or avoid extreme feelings, particularly ones of anger, in order to maintain personal control. Literally meaning you are slow to anger when it comes to being patient, makrothumia. And Psalm 86.15 came to mind as soon as I was uh, studying that part and talks about the Lord being slow to anger. Now, the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Old Testament, uses that word makrothumos, which is very similar to makrothumia, and that one means patiently. The Lord is um, patient with people. Now, I would say this, take Bibles that use the Septuagint with a grain of salt because it is a translation of a translation of the original. And what I mean by that is the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and except for a couple passages like in Daniel and a few others. Those were written in Aramaic because that was the language of the Babylonian Empire. But the rest of them were all written in Hebrew, and the Septuagint is a Greek translation of the Hebrew. So... It's a translation of the original um, that some Bibles have used as their basis for the Old Testament, as opposed to what's called the um, 
the MT or the Masoretic text, which is the original Hebrew um, spellings and word choices and everything. So do be careful for uh, Bibles that use that. Next thing, uh, even in the Old Testament, this characteristic of patience and long-suffering from God to Israel is well known. If you have any semblance of connectivity to social media or theological discussions currently going on, you will know that some people, and it's a lot of churches that are doing this now, are saying that God changed his mind in the New Testament. Like, if you go and look at the Old Testament, he was all angry and just hateful and resentful and killed a bunch of people. But then you get the New Testament, it's all about love, it's all about grace, it's all about forgiveness, and you don't find that anywhere in the Old Testament. That's a complete lie. You find that all over the Old Testament. It displays a huge lack of understanding of the Old Testament if you think that God was not merciful, that he was not good, that he was not loving. Even back all the way in Genesis, he was that way. So beware of this. The Old Testament and the New Testament, they work together to reveal God's character and plan for his creation to be redeemed and restored through Jesus. The Old Testament lays the groundwork for the sinfulness of mankind, the choosing of Israel as the ones who will bring the Messiah to the world or bear the Messiah into the world, the prophecies about the Messiah, and then God's character of grace and mercy. It is just on, on full display all throughout the Old Testament. If you don't think that, you've never read the Old Testament before, or you've only read select passages because somebody has told you to read those, and they give them to you out of context where you think that God is not good, that he's not loving. And the New Testament uh, fulfills the prophecies and preparation that were realized in Jesus and gives instruction on how to live as just as Christ did. You cannot have one without the other. So you cannot have the New Testament without the Old or the Old Testament without the New. They work together in unison there. But anyway, back to patience. Uh, you know, Thank you guys for being patient with me as I kind of nerded out with all of that stuff. But what does it take to be patient? One is knowing what makes you angry, which involves a lot of honesty. Two is knowing how to avoid or to mitigate anger. That is self-control. And then three, when you need to be patient, is something you need to know, definitely. And that is how to be, um, or how to show integrity to people. So honesty is the first one there. In order to know what makes you angry, you have to be honest with yourself about what brings it on, especially those things that can quickly produce it. That is not the time to lie to yourself when you are trying to decide and uh, discern what things cause you to be angry. You need to be able to be honest and open with yourself and realize these pitfalls and shortcomings and things that you might have. Um, there's no reason to lie to yourself in that, in that instance there. If you find yourself not being able to contain your anger, but you claim that you don't have an anger problem or that you have it under control, you are definitely lying to yourself in that moment. So be honest, search scripture, and ask people that know you. Um, you would be completely shocked at how, many, the, how much the people around you actually know about anger issues if you have them. Because you might think that you do a good job of hiding it or you don't let it come out. But when you ask those people that spend the most time with you, a lot of times they know way more than you think that they do. So lean on those people, lean on fellow Christians, lean on those brothers and sisters in Christ to tell you and to show you how to be better um, about controlling your anger. And speaking of control, self-control is really big. Once you know what causes your anger, you need to know how to control it. If you can avoid a situation that makes you angry, do so. If you cannot avoid that situation, Find the root cause of the anger and learn ways to control it by following and imitating Christ. If you just attack or try to control symptoms, it will ultimately fail. You have to attack the roots. It's kind of like an illness. There are some illnesses out there that doctors, like the medications that they give, 
they only treat symptoms. They don't actually do anything about the baseline problem. They just mitigate the symptoms of the problem. And when it comes to being angry, that can work for a time where you are still angry, but you just kind of, I don't know, kind of gloss it over with some things or add something to your arsenal of fighting against it that's just, uh, let's say somebody makes you mad, you you go outside and you throw a rock against a wall or something. Like just letting anger out. Venting is what some people would call it. Or go into those rage rooms like they uh, advertise. When in all reality, that's that's pretty unhealthy as well. Um, because you're letting all that anger and rage get pent up and then you're letting it come out in destructive ways. Even if nobody's watching you, God still sees it and it still has an effect on your spirit as well. So you have to find ways to attack that root cause of the anger. Ask yourself, what makes me angry and how can I stop it from making me so angry and so hateful and control these big outbursts of anger? Got to attack the roots. And once you've got these, once you've got honesty and self-control together, integrity is massive. Patience is considered a virtue for a reason. Even the secular world holds the idea of being patient and slow to anger in high regard. Why would they do that, though? In order to deal or interact with others, you must have some ability to exercise patience, especially if you are in leadership. As Christians, we are going to be compared to Christ, and he embodied and actively lived out God's patience with each person he interacted with. So to maintain our own integrity, we must recognize moments when patience is important and let that shine through us. And if you go and look at Scripture, uh, the book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18 is really great with that. And let me get turned here really quickly, if that's okay with you guys, which I hope it's okay with you guys, because, I mean, if you're listening, then I'm assuming it's okay with you that I'm doing this. So 1 John chapter 3, and beginning with verse, or only reading, not really beginning with, but reading verse number 18, says, Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. So it's very, very important when you are loving people, when you are loving your brothers and sisters in Christ, that it's not just in words, that it's also in deeds. And that brings about this idea of integrity in everything you undertake to do. So we are to be slow to anger, long-suffering, and patient as we interact with others, both believers and non-believers, while promoting honesty, self-control, and integrity with all patience and with love. And, you know, in my lifetime, I have found that patience, like I said, it's a virtue, And it's very important in your walk with Christ because God's timeline and our timeline are not always the same. Now, let me say this first. God's timing is always perfect. He has a plan. He has a purpose for everything that he does. He has knowledge and wisdom and plans that we know nothing about. So his timing is always right. Don't get me wrong there. It is always right. It is mine that is off. And I found two different ways that it tends to be off. One of them, it's either I try to get ahead of him and rush into something that I'm not prepared for. So I think about something, I'm like, man, that would be a really cool idea. And I pray about it, and I don't really get an answer from the Lord. So I'm just thinking, well, I'll just go ahead and do it anyway. I know the Lord has done this, he's done this, he's done this, he's given me tools, he's given me whatever. I'm going to go do it. And then I go do it, and I fall flat on my face when I try it. Because God was not wanting me to go into that. And I did it on my own time and my own ability, and it failed. Now, is that to say that maybe somewhere down the road that God will call me to do that? Potentially, he might do that. He might call me into that, but once it's in a moment where he wants it to happen, where he is 
where he has prepared me and he has given me more tools and more understanding, more wisdom, more experience, or more whatever you want to insert there to be able to do that and do it well. And then on the other side of it, I've noticed that if I'm not trying to jump ahead of God, I'm trying to lag behind what he's wanting to do. So that is when he lays out a very clear path in front of me. And you might have been like this too. He lays out a very clear path, and yet we choose not to follow it because we don't think that it's something that we ought to be doing. We think that we are not qualified enough, or it's something that's just, I don't know, not something that we are desiring to do. When we want something, nothing happens fast enough, you know. When, when we want it to happen, it's got to be now. It's got to be as soon as we think about it. we got to make it happen, make it happen, make it happen. And society pushes that in a big way. Um, but we as Christians should be, we should try to stay away from that as much as possible. But when he calls us to something sometimes and we're unsure about it, no excuse is left unused in that moment. We tend to make a bunch of excuses. We make up a bunch of things about, well, I would do that, but this might happen or this might happen, or I've tried that before, kind of like we mentioned a second ago. I've tried that before and it didn't work, but see, it might have been you tried it and it didn't work because you tried it too early. It was the right thing, but not at the right time to do it because that does occur sometimes. And so we have to learn how to be patient when God says to be so and quick to follow him when he makes it clear. I really believe that that is a good motto to live by. And let me repeat it again for you. Learn how to be patient when God says to be, but be quick to follow him when he makes his plans for you clear. When he tells you what that next step is, you take it. If he hasn't told you what the next step is, lean on him, trust in him, be patient, because he will. He'll lead you, he will guide you, he will show you where you need to go. And always do two things. The first thing you need to do is you need to trust Scripture. God's never going to call you to do anything that's not in his word. He's not going to call you to do something that he has either spoken completely against or that he's, you know, not really said anything about it at all. He's going to focus on things that are in line with Scripture, in line with His Word, not going to ask you to do anything outside of those confines there. And then number two, lean on people that you know and that you trust. Those around you that are solid, strong members and believers of the faith, follow their guidance at times, listen to their advice, are they going to be right every time? No. I mean, sometimes people have, have different ideas about things, and um, they're not the Lord. Listen to the Lord first, but don't neglect the fact that there are people around you that have been through similar situations, that have seen the things that you might be about to encounter, or have, maybe you've even done the exact same job or ministry or whatever you're about to go into. They, they've done that before. They've been there before. Lean on them and, and just kind of glean from them a little bit. You still trust in the Lord. You still follow him and his word and the Holy Spirit. But don't neglect the fact that some people might know more than you do because God has put those people in your life for a reason. And that might be the purpose is to lead you and guide you through that moment in your life where you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the experience, but God is calling you into it because he is qualifying you. He is showing you what he's wanting you to do. And he's placed these people around you to help encourage you and give you guidance and give you strength. So... That's something about patience that I think that we all need to be better about. Be better about um, trusting in the Lord and being honest about ourselves and our issues that we might have and knowing what causes us to have anger and knowing when to slow down. 
and knowing when to defer to the Lord, because we should always defer to him. We should always submit to him. He should be our leader. He should be our guide. He should be our Lord. And because of that, that causes us to need a lot of patience in some moments, because his timeline, like I said, is not our timeline. We think stuff needs to happen, and it needs to happen when we want it to happen, and that's not the case. They can still happen. Things can still occur. Even if you think the time has passed, even if you think that there's no chance for it anymore, that chance is still there. If it is the Lord's will to make it happen, and he has planned for it to happen, it's going to happen. It is our job to be faithful and true to what he has called us to do and continue to follow his voice and be obedient to it in everything that we undertake to do. And that is what I pray for you today as we wrap up this study here on patience. God, as we come before you again here, where we're just so wonderful uh, or wonderfully blessed and thankful, God, for this time that you allowed us to study your word and um, go through this passage of scripture here in Galatians 5. And I pray, God, that you would give us all patience. You would give us all the ability to think and to um, wait and to know and to trust in you, even when the situation looks dire and it's it seems like there's a lot of pressure on it trying to push us to make something happen faster. Let us trust in you. Let us follow your direction. Let us not be ignorant, though. We still have work to do. We still have things that we have to accomplish and things that we have to do on our own. But we only need to do those when it becomes apparent from the Lord that those are what we need to do. But let us not use that patience as an excuse to not follow when God tells us where do we need to go. Because, yes, patience is a good thing. It is a virtue. But if you start using your, uh, or if we start using our inability to respond and our just um, concerns that we might have about a situation, if we start using those and claiming that they're patience, Lord, convict us and, convict us and show us that they're not. Convict us and show us that you have told us where we need to go. You've told us what we need to do. And let us lean on you and trust in you in those situations. No matter what comes our way, no matter what is in front of us, when you tell us to go, we go. When you tell us to wait, we wait. And we pray, God, that you would give us the strength and the courage to do that. God, we love you and we thank you and we praise you. And we do ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all again, and I'll see you next week.